1 Corinthians 1.30. Um, and because of Him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, and sanctification and redemption. So Jesus actually became our righteousness. And, and that, that verse just kind of like popped in my heart as we're, as we're uh, worshiping this morning, and I just wanted to read that. But let's start out in 2 Corinthians this morning. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.21, this is a pretty popular verse in, in the way of this, this topic we're talking about today. 2 Corinthians 5.21, For He made Him, who knew no sin, Him being Jesus, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. And in the Passion Translation, um, there's a footnote for the word made, and the Greek word is means a poem or poetry. So I'm going to read that footnote in this section. It was just so beautiful. Um, it says, Christ is God's poetic masterpiece who became the glorious sacrifice for sin. Though disturbing to the eyes of man, God saw the work of redemption culminated in the masterful poetry of His Son suspended on a cross to give us heaven's righteousness. And Jesus, having never sinned, became our sin. Became my sin. I remember it was about 20 years ago-ish, maybe a little bit more, but I was just really determined to chase after God with all my heart and just um, really dig into the Word. And I just got stuck on this topic and I just kept reading over and over and it was just like, you know, the lights. I shared this before, but you know, you can read something so many times, maybe hundreds of times, and then one day it just the lights turn on. And there was just this intense awakening to the freedom I had and the just the the right standing. It became so real to me because I had been living under years and years of condemnation not feeling like I measured up, I constantly feeling like I disappointed God. Um, it was a similar story. I don't, I've never heard anybody share it, but are we familiar with Andrew Womack's story and how he got a revelation of God's love in like 1968? It was like March something, March 23rd. I think it was 68. Because March 23rd, I was water baptized, so that I got a, a common thing a little bit. But so he would just talk to, when he shares that story, I thought that that's. Exactly what that sounded like. I went through this time with the Lord, just a revelation of His love. And then I, like, you know, whatever, the cares of this world, whatever was going on, um, I had like, I, I see it as like, if you want to throw a Christianese word at it, like backslid or whatever, like, I don't know. I just, what I did was I gave into the condemnation of the enemy, acu the accuser of the brethren accusing me. And that I wasn't measuring up. Oh, you didn't read enough today. You didn't pray enough today. Whatever. That's, that was the, the whole deal. So I was giving into that condemnation. And again, I, hadn't, I didn't have a revelation of righteousness, even though I've shared this before, that I actually went through Bible school and there was a whole class on righteousness. I'm like, where was I at during that class? Like, was I sleeping? or I don't know. It was, it was a lot like high school. But, I think. But, <clears throat> so... Anyways, but the, having that revelation was so profound to me and so 
Like I found things where I was writing people letters on this, like to tell them, "Have you ever heard this before?" Like people that I truly, dearly loved, and um, want like I don't know where this has been hiding, but I think this is this is new stuff, you know. But um, but righteousness, like I said, is right standing with God, and and um, and I heard this this truth. I I really really heard it that one day, and uh, it just became surreal to me. And I I I, I keep a continual diet of this, of hearing this, and I know those ministers that I really enjoy listening to on this, um, if I could, if I could, plug, I'm going to be plugging one here in a second, but, um, but the Holy Spirit, you know, like I said, He has to awaken us to our right standing with God. We did nothing to earn righteousness other than embracing the grace who is Jesus, Mr. Grace Himself. We became righteous. We can't become righteous by doing right things. It's imputed unto us by the grace of God. And that's the beauty of it. Because, you know, it's just as human beings, right? We're all performance, you know, everything's about performance and measuring up and whatever. And you usually hear what you did wrong, or you're not doing right, rather than, hey, good job. You know, it's pretty popular, right? I think. So, uh, part of. Uh, a post I read recently from a minister I follow uh, on social media. I just took the, the middle portion of this out. It's pretty wordy. It would, I would get lost reading it if I read the whole thing. So um, I just want to read this middle portion that's really awesome and it kind of spoke to me. Um, it says, Christ is God and He is our righteousness. Actually making us whole, delivered, and right in a decisive act. Our righteousness is real, whether we've realized it or not. And that's the truth. That, I, that last part, whether we've realized it or not, it's the truth. And Holy Spirit reveals truth to us. That's his, one of His roles is to lead us into all truth. And He led me that day into this truth that completely, I mean, I want to say it was just a life-changing moment for me to never doubt, no matter how stupid I was being or how many mistakes I was making or what I wasn't doing or was doing, no matter what it looked like, I could look at myself in the mirror and say, you have right standing with God because of Jesus. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. No matter how I felt, no matter what my emotions were telling me, no matter if I was a jerk to my wife. That doesn't mean I shouldn't make up, but I was still the righteousness of God in Christ. And that's what I didn't see. That's what I wasn't seeing. I thought, I really, it was an insult to God for me to think that He was like a human. Like if I didn't do something right, He would be disappointed and forget you. Like that's really... That's not right. That's an insult. That's, a, that's an understatement to say that's an insult. But to believe what he says, to humble yourself and to believe and receive the truth about who we are, that's, that's where it's at. And especially in the face of our feelings. Right? That's just to, re, just to declare. Because the enemy, he's such a jerk. And I didn't mean to. I, don't, I didn't plan on saying this, but I wanted to kind of throw it out there. As I said, the enemy was such a jerk. 
Um, so I was listening to a, a to- this kind of message topic yesterday from one of my favorite ministers. And um, he, he told the story of a woman who had a vision. And I don't remember the setting, but it kind of doesn't matter. But it was like a setting of a bunch of Christians. Say it, we'll just say it's like a Bible study or something. Or they were just at each other's house fellowshipping over a meal or something. And the devil came in and everybody freaked out, like screamed in panic and horror and fear and ran out the doors. And, and um, she ran into a closet and hid. She was shaken and nervous and whatever. And this is a vision. This isn't real or whatever. And, and uh, she heard, like could hear the devil approaching the door. And she was really getting, you know, fearful and terrified and shaken and all this. And, and I think he like opened the door and he just started laughing at her. And she's like, why are you laughing? She's like, he goes, the devil, she said, the devil said, you Christians are so stupid. And his hands were tied behind his back. He's like, you're such babies. You're so scared. I've been completely defeated. Jesus completely defeated me. Why are you scared of me? All I have to do is just like roar. And he come, he's as a roaring lion. But just that, the guy did a much better job telling the story. But, um, but that just put a lot in perspective of how we can give in. And that's what I was doing. I was giving in to the enemy's lies all those years, and he was just laughing at me. He was having a heyday like this guy. He's like a set it and forget it. He's an idiot. Like he'll, he'll believe any condemnation I, I feed him. you know. And, and he knows it's going to last for a while because I'll keep feeding on it. And it was just this, it's this cycle, you know. But uh, when, when Holy Spirit comes in and reveals the truth, Boy, does that make him mad. And then, in turn, I want to tell everybody else, don't believe the lie that you're not the righteousness of God in Christ if you've embraced Jesus. And, uh, I mean, my whole heart is to see people set free who lived, believed the lie that I believed, that you can disappoint God and you can't, you know, do enough to stay in His good graces or whatever. What a lie. And, you know, I've, I've shared this in the past a little bit, but... I just want to see people's lives set free. Um, let's go to uh, Romans 5. Romans 5.17, this is a, a common one too. All these are going to be pretty familiar to us today. It says, death once, this is out of the passion probably. Um, death once held us in its grip. And by the blunder of one man, that'd be Adam, death reigned as king over humanity. But now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah. And that is how we're supposed to look as kings and queens of royalty, reigning in righteousness, reigning in right standing on this earth in the kingdom of the Son of His love. And if I, here's where I'm going to plug a book for you. If you can remember this, and maybe most of you or, or some of you, half of you have read this, but it's, it was, this was, I would consider, a very life-changing book. I think Pastor Chad would agree, but uh, Destined to Reign by Joseph Prince. If you could find that book, Joseph Prince, Destined 
to reign. It's an amazing, amazing book. If you, you know, give yourself to read it, I, I would highly encourage that. It's, I almost put it in my Christian 101 books to read type things. And um, I recommended it to my stepmother-in-law one day. And as I was at work, she read the whole thing. <laughs> she was like, that, that was awesome. So um, it's, a, it's a beautiful book. And it's really uh, eye-opening, um, and, and especially in, in the sense that we're talking on righteousness. So um, we need to open this gift and keep, keep it in front of our eyes, this gift of righteousness every day. Just like we need to be reminded of the gospel every day. We've quoted many a time um, Martin Luther saying, I, I need to hear the gospel every day because every day I forget the gospel. And I feel like the word of righteousness, the truth of righteousness, our right standing with God, and there's plenty of other topics too that are in this category that we need a continual reminder because the enemy is continually trying to trip us up, trying to accuse us, trying to deceive us, and just, you know, not, he wants to steal the victory away from, you know, God's got big plans for all of us. And uh, giving a little bit of inch to the devil, I mean, just how I did in my life, just I wonder what I lost out on, I missed out on through those years, but God also is the redeemer of time. He redeems the time. So, I thank God that um, that whatever the enemy is stolen is going to be sevenfold, uh, and, and he's going to pay for it, right? So Philemon one six. This is another verse that Pastor Chad mentioned. Says, "Tell this is one way to remind us of our righteousness in Christ." But uh, it says in Philemon one six tells us to acknowledge every good thing in us in Christ Jesus. So um, that's a huge thing, and we need to. To, to hear ourselves declare those truths that we read in the Word over us, right? And we say this a lot too, that you believe what you say about yourself more than anybody else says about you. Your words, you believe your words about you more than you believe anybody else's words about you. So I, I would highly recommend to start setting your words in agreement with what God has already spoken over you, even when you don't see it, you don't feel like you have revelation. The truth is more powerful. And as you give yourself and, and choose to speak that life, those life-giving words, you're going to eat the harvest of those words, right? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And when we speak His truth, we're going we're gonna to eat that harvest of that, the, the seed of those words because words are containers of power. So we need to develop a righteousness consciousness rather than a sin consciousness. And that's what I was really waiting in through many, many years in the 90s is just a sin consciousness or what I thought was sin. Just my shortcomings, my screw-ups, my whatever. Instead of looking to the truth that He became my sin. He sees me just like he sees Jesus. I had not heard that word, that truth then. I probably had in some form or fashion, but again, I didn't get revelation of that. And again, I can't encourage us enough to, to grab hold, like even when you, you, know, you hear something uh, being preacher taught up here or whoever you listen to and read the word, just grab hold. And when those truths come out, like I have an ongoing message my, my, my notepad on my phone, I have 300 notes, I think. <laughs> but 
They're different topics. And when I hear a one-liner or a revelation or I get, I stop right what I'm doing and I'll type that in and, and keep looking at it. And I'm like, this is amazing, you know. I just got a couple yesterday. But um, I just encourage you, this is, this, is, this is in the top of the list to renew your mind to. This is, this is a huge truth. But right believing, I believe, I don't know who coined this first, but they repeated a lot, but right believing produces right living or right actions. And so when I started believing right about who I was in Christ and my righteousness, my right standing with God in Christ Jesus, I started to manifest right actions. My doing became right without even trying because I started identifying with, with Christ. Not my shortcomings, not my weaknesses, not my whatever I was, I was looking at prior to that. But 1 Corinthians 15.34 tells us to awake to righteousness and sin not. And years ago, probably 20 years ago or somewhere in that neighborhood, a pastor told me that. And I was in that area of renewing my mind and continuing to get revelation of this. And when he said that, because I, you know, everybody struggles with their own thing and and or multiple things, whatever that looks like. And this that was to me another revelation, a key to freedom in my life from things that had kept me in bondage. I was awakened to my right standing with God and I saw myself the way God did. He didn't think any less of me for me manifesting whatever I was manifesting, you know, sin, whatever. He still loved me the same. And that's what I couldn't get my head to, I couldn't wrap my head around that. I don't think we'll really be able to wrap our head around. His love is too great. I believe we will have full revelation and we'll be known as we are known, you know, when we get to heaven, we're, we'll see ourselves the way he's, it'll, it'll be great because, you know, we got things to come back down here differently. So, but if you struggle with any kind of sin, any kind of whatever, and you just, addiction, whatever it is, you know, just stuff, like you're so tired of this, you're sick of being, sick and tired of being sick and tired type thing. This verse, awake to righteousness and sin not, if you, when you awake to righteousness, you will start seeing freedom in those areas. I believe it with all my heart because I've heard the same testimony that I'm kind of sharing up here. That freedom came when I began to continually awaken to my right standing with God in Christ. And it was so power, it's so powerful to see, to experience that truth manifested. I mean, you're never at the mercy of a person with an argument when you've experienced walking this out. It's just, it's absolutely beautiful to experience. But again, that's why, that's just another reason I'm so motivated to, to share this and encourage brothers and sisters in Christ and even people who aren't yet of God's desire to embrace you and place you in right standing and harmony with Him in Christ. So, uh, let's go to Romans 14. Romans 14. So Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of rules about food and drink, but it is the realm of the Holy Spirit filled with righteousness, peace, and joy. And awakening to the truth of righteousness in Christ will actually manifest peace and joy 
naturally, supernaturally. Because I'll tell you what, when that revelation came, when that awakening in my heart came that I was in right standing with God, peace flooded my heart. Joy flooded my heart. I, I wanted to tell everybody this beautiful truth. It was just a natural result of that revelation of who I was in Christ, the righteousness of God in Christ. And Isaiah 32, 17 says, and the effect, and I live this, I'm just talking about it, and the effect of righteousness will be peace and the result of righteousness, quietness and trust forever. That's the effect of righteousness. And that's, I've tasted it. And it's so beautiful. And, and uh, sometimes I feel like it's my job to talk to him blue in the face to convince you that this is true, but I just have to believe that Holy Spirit's going to reveal it to you. So, but awakening to this truth will, will also result in a boldness. A boldness in him. Proverbs 28.1 tells us that the righteousness or the righteous are bold as a lion. And I would put in parentheses here that those who know they are righteous are bold as a lion. Because you can be righteous because you're born again. You embrace Jesus. You embrace God's grace who is Jesus. You're born again. But like me, you can maybe not understand that you're righteous. But when you find that out, there is a boldness that comes on you and like, you know, bring it, devil, whatever you want to say. That sounds tough. But, <laughs> but there is a boldness. There is a holy boldness that comes over you. When you start receiving the truth of your identity in Christ, and this is part of your identity. Let's jump over to Ephesians um, 4. Ephesians 4. So Ephesians 4, 23 and 24. Now it's time to be made new by every revelation that's been given to you and to be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within as your new life and live in union with Him. For God has re recreated you all over again in His perfect righteousness. And you now belong to Him in the realm of true holiness. That's a lot of words, but it's a beautiful, beautiful truth. There's a verse of Scripture I was thinking about a few minutes ago, but I don't know their address. You could look it up, but your new life is hidden, is now hidden with Christ and God. Your your true, your real life is in Him. You we, we were made one spirit with Him, right? Where our union with Christ is a oneness, a unity, never to be separated. Pastor Chad reminds us that's why he hates divorce so much, because he's never gonna divorce us. He's never gonna leave us nor forsake us. Let's go to Colossians 1. And this, this piggybacks off this verse, Colossians 1.22. This is one of my, it could be my favorite verse, but that's my business. Colossians 1.22 says, Yet now, this is out of the, the New Living Translation. Um, it really drives it home. Yet now He has reconciled you to Himself through the 
death of Christ in His physical body. As a result, He has brought you into His own presence. So, He has brought us into His presence. Like, come on, kids. Let's hang out. And you are holy and blameless. See, I didn't understand that for all those years. I, I thought it was very, very much to blame. But this is how He saw me through all my goofiness and ridiculousness. You are holy and blameless as you stand before Him without a single fault. And, and I've I probably read that at least every time I've been up here. I don't know, but it seems like it. But you, I'm not tired of it. That's how He pictures us when we, He welcomes us into His presence. He says, here's how I see you. Holy, blameless, without a single fault. Or I've heard other people say, I find no fault in you. And of course, my natural mind thought, what? how in the heck can that be? There's no way. Is, is he not paying attention? He's just not paying attention. Because I know, I have my list of stuff that I've goofed up with. He chooses not to. He chooses to see us in Christ. We are, it's so fun to say, because it makes no sense to the natural mind. We are as righteous as Jesus is because we are His righteousness. We're not going to be any more righteous now than we enter into heaven. We're, our spirit is sealed with Holy Spirit. And it's, there is no sin in our spirit. The real us. And if you say that enough, you'll believe it. But <laughs> That's another thing. To keep feeding yourself that truth. That you are truly the righteousness of God in Christ. And uh, when I first heard, whether it was through Pastor Chad or Andrew Walmack or somebody along those lines say that, I like I swallowed and I had to like gulp like I think that's true. <laughs> There's another level of revelation that I'm just as righteous as Jesus because it's his righteousness I was made. How could it be any different? And there's a guy that's a pretty funny, funny preacher I was listening to yesterday. I think it was at a Karis Bible College um, class, actually. He's got a real gruff voice. He's funny. And uh, he was talking about, he got into talking about trucks. He likes a certain kind of truck or whatever. And he was talking about prototypes and how the prototype process for vehicles. And there's prototypes. We got you know, there's prototypes in every industry probably or whatever. So it's those, it's those things. It's that model that they're trying to like test and prove and run ragged and run for thousands and thousands and whatever, 100,000 miles or if it's a vehicle or whatever. And everything about it, they just want to test to its biggest degree. And like everything in it is like the stuff. It's, it's, it's the proof of like this is it. This, can, this is going to be it. This is the standard. And Jesus was like our prototype. Every like he proved everything, everything in him. He just he won it all. He won the battles. He he fought the fight. He he was victorious over death, hell, and the grave. He was the prototype, and we're the production models. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> we're we're after him. We're in his image. We can be just as victorious in our life as He was in His. That's what He desires. And this is part of learning that. I don't know if I 
communicated that as clearly as what I heard yesterday, but it was like, wow, that's awesome. Like, to realize that Jesus walked the earth. He was like the model, the prototype. This is how, it, how you do it, and you can do it. Because you're going to do greater things than these, because I'm going to, the, going to the Father. You get to hang out. Make the devil mad. So, I just thought that was really neat, a good illustration, but um, <clears throat> we're, we're so good. You know, we, this line I have up here, remembering who we are, and it, you know, the implication here is who we are in Christ, and that's what we're talking about, but, you know, we're so good at telling ourselves who we're not, right? I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, we even go as far as to say, I'm an idiot sometimes, whatever, if you can't figure something out, I'm stupid, whatever. But is that the truth? Is that what you want to, you know, is that? No. I think I heard Terry Savelle Foy say this one time. She's like, every time you say something like that, after you say that, say, and that's just the way I want it. Like, I'm like, you'd probably stop saying some of those things, you know. Or I'm just, that's just the way I like it, or whatever. So it's, sometimes spouses help each other out, and one says something like, I'm so stupid, and then the other one chimes in and says, I agree with that. Like, or, you know, whatever. Do you want me to agree with that? Wherever two or more, you know, one of those things. So that'll snap, jerk the slack out of you if you do that a few times. So... But maybe, um, maybe this is something I've done in the past, and and uh, if you so if you're so inclined, this is this is, can be fun. I'm sure uh, Chuck and Erlinda write love notes like this all the time. But take a dry erase marker, and if you have to, I know it fogs up sometimes in the bathrooms, but right in the bathroom mirror, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you have to look at it and read it every morning. Maybe. I used to do that to my kids. I would like, I, I mean, it was everything from making a stupid, like, goofy cartoon face to just telling them I love them, you know, whatever. Or a, a word of, uh, of encouragement or affirmation. But that's just, that's just an idea. I mean, you know, might sound goofy, but if you, have, if you have to force yourself to read the truth, just do it. And it's fun. So... Like I said, they probably do it all the time, right? No. Just strike me as that kind of a couple. I don't know. But uh, but it's it's something to do just to erase. I got the I got the little sticker or it's like the vinyl thing you put on glass from Andrew Womack's ministry, uh, Don't Limit God because I was convicted of like he was himself, limiting God in his life and I read that book and I'm like, Man, I gotta read this book like every year and so I have that stuck in my bathroom mirror. Don't limit God. Just to remind myself that we got a big God and He wants big things for us. Just like Pastor Chad was talking about this morning. So um, maybe, you know, out there in Facebook world and future uh, listeners of podcasts or YouTube videos, whatever, whatever people listen to this, um, maybe you have no idea what I'm talking about. And, you know, you've never taken that step, you've, you've heard the good news of the gospel that Jesus came to forgive you of all your sin, and you're like, I'm, you know, maybe you're like, I'm pretty good, I'm pretty good, I'm like, I'm totally fine, I don't, I'm not as messed up as you sounded like you were, but, you know, one of those things, but 
Well, the whole the whole point. Well, let me let me read this verse first. So this is Matthew five six. It says, "Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled." Well, that's good. I was hungry and thirsty. I didn't know it, but I got filled. I got filled with this truth. And if you're hungry and thirsty to for right standing with God, well, He's going to fill you. That's what He says right here. He's going to fill you in Matthew. Um, it's it's an invitation. He he's offering uh, this free gift of righteousness, and uh, today you know the word. There's a verse in scripture that says today is a day of of salvation. And again, Jesus is our righteousness. He's become everything we need. He's become unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification. In Galatians two sixteen it says we know that no one receives God's perfect righteousness as a reward for keeping the law, but only by the faith of Jesus the Messiah. My his faithfulness has saved us and we have received God's perfect righteousness who is Jesus. Now we know that God accepts no one by keeping the keeping of a religious law. So there's no amount of hoop jumping that you can do to gain righteousness. I'm sorry to say that whatever church you've been to in the past I was in a few, quite a few, just about every denominational church you, you could be in, maybe. But there's a lot of hoops that, that people in different denominations create and that you don't really have to jump through. Um, it's just going to wear you out and discourage you. And the purpose of the law was really, in a nutshell, to show us our sin. The strength of sin is the law. Think When I say law, think Ten Commandments. So it exposes our sin, right? To us, like hey, whoa, like I didn't know sin outside of the law. When the law came, whoa, sin was like amplified. Basically, my words, not Paul's. But so the law is good, right? We know that going here. We know this stuff. The law is good, but it has no power to make us good. The law is holy. It has no power to make us holy. The law reminds us and points us, hey, you need something greater than this. You need a Messiah. You need Jesus. You need a redeemer, and Jesus was that redeemer. So, you know, that's that's the truth. So there's no religious hoops you can jump through to get God to give you brownie points down here. Um, but it's it's all Jesus. Jesus, I've heard this said over and over. Jesus plus nothing is everything. Jesus plus something is nothing. So if you're trying to add to what Jesus did, that's also an insult because he, he is a good Savior. He actually completed everything that was needed. He fulfilled the law that we had no ability to fulfill. See, we were, when we came through Adam, we were born in sin. We had a sin nature. We didn't, ha- we didn't even have what it took. to. We didn't have the tools. We didn't have the skills. We didn't have whatever it took to become righteous, to get in right standing with God. That's why God had to become man sinless, pure. He did not have a sin nature. He was all God and all man. So he was qualified. And he fulfilled the law that we couldn't fulfill. And we get his test score. I'm so happy about that. Man, if that only worked in high school. I didn't do very good. But um, if you could choose a test score from any friend. But Jesus, God is so good. And he made it so easy, right? Um, it's really our faith in Him. And by grace, through faith, we're saved, right? 
Jesus came. Uh, and, and in Romans 3.10, it reminds the whole human race that there was no one righteous. Not one. Nobody was righteous. That's the whole reason I came. That's the whole reason God came. Jesus is saying. Isaiah 64.6 reminds us that our righteousness, apart from God, right, which is called self-righteousness, is like filthy rags. And, you know, I get uncomfortable articulate or speaking what that actually means. So, <laughs> oh, women could relate. Let me just say that. So, but our, that's what our righteousness amounts to is filthy, stinking rags. Like the best person that's ever lived, the best they could be, that's what it looks like. Or a pile of poop. Because Paul used dung, right? Paul used dung. All his efforts, all his pedigrees. This is just a pile of dung. I heard Andrew Walmack say poop quite a few times in a message, so I can say it. But, <laughs> but uh, that's really what it is. It could, we could go worse. But that's what it is. Our efforts to be right amounts to nothing. And that's the good news of the Gospel is that we don't have to. It's so beautiful. Romans 10, 9, and 10. This is, this is the verse um, that's what I was talking about. It's so easy. It says, if, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, or if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. See, Jesus is, doesn't become Lord when you say, Jesus be my Lord. He was already He's already Lord without your help. <laughs> but confession, that word confession or confess means to say the same thing as. Father God declared Him as Lord and King. And we are aligning our words with His declaration. And that's always good. So it says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. That just means born again. Jesus said, unless one is born again, you'll not see the kingdom of, of God. It's, you have to be born twice. Of natural birth, right? And spiritual birth. Because the real us is a spirit. And that real us needs to be born. Reborn. Because from death to life. I'm a, you're looking at a resurrected man up here. I was dead. Now I'm alive with the resurrection power of Jesus. I might not look like it. I tried my best to look good today. My wife bought me a new sweater for my birthday. So. Um, but that's how easy it is. By grace, through faith. God's unmerited favor. It's for the taking. You're all, he's not like Pastor Chess, and this is also hard to say. He ain't saving anybody anymore. He already did it 2,000 years ago. It's been done. Just receive it. Just receive it. So, that's, that's, that's the beauty of the Gospel. Um, and if, you know, if you're out there in, in digital world listening to this somewhere, and uh, you haven't embraced Jesus as your Savior. He is the only way to the Father. He's the, door, he's the only door. He's a narrow way. Jesus is God. If your God doesn't look like Jesus, you got the wrong God. Jesus 
showed us what God looked like as he went around his earthly, earthly ministry, doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. He never turned anybody away. And he's not going to turn you away when you cry out to him. The, the Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Your spirit will be reborn when you embrace Jesus. You're going to look the same. So don't blame God for that. So if you're, you know, if you've got a stain on your shirt, if you've got peanut butter on your meat and your toast, it's going to be remain there. If you're, whatever. I don't know. If your hair is gray, it's going to remain gray. Even though Barry Bennett, his hair went in reverse. I don't know. Got darker. But, but God is good. Amen? So righteousness is the favorite topic of mine. And um, again, it, it set me free when Holy Spirit revealed this to me. And again, my prayer is that you give yourself, if you have to write it on your bathroom mirror, do whatever, take one truth out of today and make yourself feed on it. Even when it hurts to say, no matter how goofy you think you are or messed up you are, look at yourself in the mirror. That's difficult to do. I've done it. And for a variety of reasons, whether I need healing in my body, I start talking to my body, I'll say, body, you're healed by the stripes of Jesus, whatever that is, and then whatever the issue I'm dealing with, but looking at yourself saying, I don't care how you feel, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have right standing with God. You're holy and blameless, and He sees you without a single fault, because that's the truth in Colossians 1.22. So, Whatever that looks like for you, whatever you're going to do to listen to yourself, because again, you believe what you say about yourself more than what anybody else says. Is that true? That's true. I don't care if you disagree. If I agreed, we'd both be wrong, like Pastor Chad says. But that's the truth, and I want you to embrace this truth. Um, we're going to have one last worship song. But we'll be up here if you need prayer for anything. We're here to stand with you. We're brothers and sisters at the church. Uh, we're here to agree with you. And um, we're going to, again, end in worship. I'll close in prayer. And um, that's it. Father, thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you for the gift of righteousness who is Christ Jesus, our Lord. We thank you that you chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. You, you saw us. You, we came from your very heart. You desired a family. And you set us back into harmony through the body of Jesus on the cross. And we just thank You for that, the beauty of the Gospel that we don't have to earn or work for any of it, but it's by grace through faith that we are made righteous with the righteousness of God in Christ. And we just believe that we receive that, we walk in it, and we are going to walk as bold as lions on this earth. Victorious because the victory has been won already for us. And we are just walking it out. Our identity in Christ. Thank you for that. And Holy Spirit, again, I just ask that you would bring revelation however you want to everybody in the sound of my voice. Through dreams and visions, just reminding them, leading them into all truth revealing more of Jesus 
to us. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved.